Cool. I have some clogs on the way. If any of you guys know me, you know how much I love clogs, slip-on shoes. Surprisingly, not slip-on sneakers. I don't like slip-on sneakers as much as I like slip-on like slides and clogs. Clompins. They're being shipped via the Royal Mail. I had a pretty interesting weekend, I'd say. So I have these Baccarat inspired martini glasses. And since we have martini mix, I thought, why not give it a try? Make a homemade batch. And so I took a mix or a recipe from liquor.com, you know, just some random. I thought, well, what can go wrong with (laughs) liquor.com? And so I'm making this brine. I like my martinis extra dirty. So Mike went and picked up brine, not brine. He went to go pick up the gin, which he brought like Bombay gin. And this is, you know, usually I'm used to ordering martinis in a restaurant, which they were, where they know how to mix it very well. Well, I make it here and I'm thinking I'm making one serving. I don't know what happened, but basically the martini mix I made did not fit into my glasses. I had to just like sip it from the table. And then when I tasted it, I thought, I thought one of two things. One, mm, is this what a martini tastes like? And two, do I still like martinis? And that was a, I would say that's a big revelation for me because I've identified myself as someone who loves extra dirty martinis and having made my first official martini at home, I realized like, I don't think I like martinis that much, at least not the ones I make. And well, because the martini I made was so strong, it was very, just felt all of it all. I don't know if it's the gin itself. It's just everything was so herbal and floral in ways that I don't enjoy. I like a good herbal tea. I like floral drinks. The one thing I don't like is lavender and fucking anything. I like hibiscus or elderberry. I'm not a big fan of lavender. Anyway, you know, gin is composed of like a bunch of different herbs and florals. So... We were just trying to stick to the original way of making a martini and turns out I don't like it as much as I thought. Maybe I just like my my martinis with potato instead, which vodka, from what I've learned, is like potato based. We ended up making more drinks because we wanted to keep the party going. So the first drink of the night was the dirty martinis and we thought, all right, this is pretty strong. I feel pretty buzzed off of this. So we thought, what else can we make? Because on um, above our little makeshift bar, well, forgive me, it's not a makeshift bar, but is it a makeshift bar? So above our little bar, we um, have a, I have a blackboard, not a blackboard. I have a dry erase board and I have now serving. And currently we have old fashioned, dirty martini, margarita, royal flush, and mojitos. And that's the most recent one. And so I thought, what can I, what else can we make? So we went down the list. I didn't really want a margarita at the time. So I thought, why don't we attempt at a Royal Flush? Turns out we don't have any of the ingredients for a Royal Flush. 
Sprite and Grenadine and Crown, which is the the whiskey or the cognac for the Canadian Canadian whiskey. And um, the first time I ever had a Royal Flush was at a holiday party event. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. And it, based off of the ingredients that I saw, it that doesn't sound like what my, my drink of choice, the drink I thought I was making tasted like, the one we made today, that tasted more like the Royal Flush that I understood. But, you know, whatever. So... Later on in the night, my in-laws dropped our daughters off and we invited them over to stay for a drink since we already had the party going. We might as well. Why not? And so we made we made some more royal flushes and a mojito. And I haven't had a mojito in so long. Mojitos are one of my top, top three favorite drinks of all time. So we have a mojito mix because we're building it up. We have a bunch of a variety of different mixes. So we open up the mojito mix and at first I wasn't sure because I'm one of those type of people who really like to make things like fresh, cut, in the moment. I don't like mixes. I, I have had terrible experiences with anything mix like a margarita, Jose Cuervo mix. Forget about it. I, I want nothing to do with it. It's the nastiest thing. And it's that's not a true margarita, in my opinion. So I thought... Let me just give this mojito mix a try. You know, it, the ingredients seem pretty nice. It looked fresh. It, it looked synthetic in the way that other mixes tend to look. And so I thought, let's just finish off the night with a nice mojito. And to my surprise, I really, truly enjoyed it. And I'm really glad I gave it a shot because, or maybe, and it wasn't my first drink that night and it not being my first drink, maybe by the end of it, I thought, this tastes all right. This taste, this will pass. So now I have to look into it and see if I can try it as my first drink and see if I'll like it the same way that I liked it, it being my last drink. So maybe my palate isn't wrong. I don't know. I'll let you guys know how it turns out. Nonetheless, it was very delicious and I enjoyed myself very much. So I got to say the next morning, I wasn't hungover. I think I woke up in the middle of the night and I had some like some some water. But outside of that, I, I, I didn't wake up hangover, which is pretty surprising given that being hungover in your 30s is not the same as being hungover in your 20s. I didn't believe people or older people when they used to tell me like, <laughs> it ain't the same. You can't do it like you used to. I don't know if it's because you know, after I just had my baby or because of aging, getting older. But let me tell you something. I, it takes me like three days to recover from like being hung over. I cannot function the following day. Whereas in my early twenties, I would be able to like go out drinking till like 6am and then have to be at work at 8am and just be totally fine and unaware that I probably reek of alcohol. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I don't know how I used to do that. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine being anywhere near that. I don't have the stamina. I don't have the energy and I have no desire to keep up with people who like, you know, drink all night. It's like, 
it, it just is different and it's nice. I will say, while being hungover in your 30s isn't the same, what I will say is having drinks that taste good, that are well-made, that are high quality, really help with the hangover the following day. And I think maybe that's why we weren't as drunk as we were at home. We weren't like taking shots and throwing things back. We were just having a nice, calm and quiet Saturday afternoon or Saturday, not afternoon, Saturday evening as we wait for our little girls to come back from being out for the day. But one thing that is very, very odd in our bar is this one drink that I never thought I'd see again, ever. I'm wondering if you can guess what it is. Give you a couple more seconds to figure out what drink or alcohol this is. Are you ready for it? Babe thought it was such a great idea to bring over Jägermeister. When was the last time you had Jaeger? I have no desire to have Jaeger. I have no desire to look at a bottle of Jaeger. It just makes my stomach turn. And so when now that I look at it, to be honest, I think of it, I'm like, how can I use this in, as a medicine? How can I use this drink and turn it into some sort of old school medicine that just like sits and ferments? How can I make the best of it? Because there's no way that I'm going to ever take Jaeger anything for fuck's sakes. Mm, there's no way. You can get me near Jaeger. And now it's in my house. Not by my own choosing, but. <sighs> I guess let's get into it. Hey guys, this is your host, March. And you're listening to Hola Bichola. All right, guys, welcome, welcome, come on in. So it's just a solo episode today. Antonio will be back with us next week. Okay, so today's episode was called, Is That All There Is? And so we opened this episode with Jerry West's parents fighting. And he's from West Virginia. And he is hearing his parents like argue and his dad's like throwing his mom all over the place. Walls and there's like a coffin in like the middle of the, um, there's a coffin in the living room. And, you know, Jerry West is a child. He's probably about like 10, 12 years old. And he goes outside and just plays ball, picks up a basketball and just plays. And this leads into his, you know, Paul playing career. Cause instead of going to therapy to go deal with his issues, he goes and becomes a famous basketball player. <laughs> And so soon after that happens, we see Jerry again, finally willing. We see Jerry again, finally winning with the Lakers in 72. And he's like at a bar sulking because you would think like, oh, you just celebrated. You finally won against the Lakers that you've been like, um, you finally won with the Lakers against the Celtics. And instead of like celebrating that, he is just so burdened by his own like 
perfectionism that he's just sitting at the bar sulking. And then we go from him sitting at the bar and sulking to him literally just fucking this like random person in the nastiest way. I mean, it was just like brown room with brown walls and it was just like yellow mustard and brown and motel and like these two people just moving in awkward ways but they're fucking ill no thank you (laughs) however i guess that's how he celebrated and so then we go from that to peggy lee singing is that all there is while he's you know thinking about winning and you know I kind of look at it as if he was putting winning at such a like high level of like, once I win, I'm going to be so happy. And I think he realized that once he won, it was like, this was it. I had all of that, all that angst. And now that I won, I feel absolutely nothing. I'm not happy about any of this, which relatable. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, that was a cold open. Fast forwarded to 79 and we have bus in a meeting room. We have bus in a meeting room with Jerry West, a couple of the other coaches, and they're all trying to discuss like how they're going to bring magic into the like the team. How are they going to strategize? How training camp is going to work? And all bus can think about is I don't care about any of this. I need to know how we're going to like make money. How are we going to like, how are we going to advertise and make the Lakers like showtime? And they're all just kind of like, we don't have the budget for this. We're like in the hole. What do you mean more money? What do you mean get creative? Like we're doing things that have always been and we're continuing to do it as has always been done. And that's it. You know, like old croaky people. And true story, Babe and I went to the forum in 2019 right before oh my goodness right before covid sorry guys sorry i know right before the beginning of covid we went to la in of october in 2019 and that weekend we were there or that week we were there that one of the sundays we were there was sunday service at the forum we managed to score tickets to go to church <laughs> tickets to go to church And church happened to be at the forum, which feels, I feel very connected to this, to this show, having had a religious experience at the forum. So in the next scene, we have Jerry West in a meeting room talking smack about who's right for the ball and who's the only one that can win. And again, every time Jerry West is in a scene, I'm just like bored. All right. Like, I just don't, I'm not interested in this person whatsoever, whatsoever. So then the next scene is we have Bus coming in to an NBA owners meeting. And here Bus is like meeting all of the owners of all the different teams at the time. And he finally gets to talk to his seemingly nemesis, Red Aubacher, or Aubach, Auerbach, Red Auerbach, who's a Catholic from Boston, who owns the Boston Celtics. And they're very like, 
coy. Well, I mean, coy for bus, but they're, they they seem to be like respectful with like knowing each other. At least Red is very much like, you know, winter, sitting back, laid, smoking a cigar in this brown room with David Stern somewhere in the background. And Bus is eager, just so eager to talk to Red. He finally talks to Red and he invites him out to dinner. So, you know, they do their little like cute little like quick, quick, fast banter and they meet up for dinner. So while they're meeting up for dinner, we're back with Magic and Lansing. And we're at a barbecue. So... His mom's throwing him a little like Sunday afternoon barbecue. And um, there's this like really cute scene where Magic's finally getting in some money because he like went and, you know, signed with the Lakers. And and he shows his mom a, a gift. He basically gifted his mom a jet like tub. And his mom looks at the tub and she's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this tub? And he's like, I got it for you. I just want to show you my appreciation. I just want to make sure you're good. You got like, I'm going to take care of you and dad. And she's like, I don't need you to take care of me and dad. What are you going to, how are you going to spend this money well? Because you're not just going to blow it and then be broke. And getting me a tub isn't going to do shit for me right now. And, you know, she's concerned for her son, obviously, because she's like, you know, First of all, you got me this tub and this shit's going to run on my light bill. Secondly, she's like saying to him, at least from what I'm getting in the scene, it's kind of like you're being a very frivolous, like be, be careful. You're young. You're a young lad. You're a young stud going to L.A. as a basketball player and as a black man. Firstly, you got to like be careful. You can't how we treat you in Lansing isn't like how L.A. is going to be. And just because like the Lakers courted you in such a way doesn't mean everyone else is going to treat you that way. And you're going to be taken advantage of like, you're not being smart. Get this tub out of my fucking house. <laughs> so as this is happening and you're watching these two people, you know, mom and son have this relationship that's like about to change significantly. I just kind of saw it. I was like, oof, this is really prophetic. And so we leave Lansing and we head right back to LA where we see, we get flashed, okay? It, the full moon is out because we have Mr. West on the floor, lit almost butt-ass naked. And he's like sulking again. I mean, honestly, this is the saddest winner I have ever seen. He's just sulking on the floor, ignoring everyone. People have to come and see him and through like windows because it's like his door is like bolted shut. And we have the, one of the coaches comes in to see um, Wes and he's kind of like, get the fuck together. Why are you on the floor? This is so weird. Like, why, what are you, what are you so sad about? Why are you so upset that magic's basically coming and like bus is like changing everything for the better essentially. And as the scene was happening, I was like, why? There's like all these like weird jump cuts that made it seem like they were having the conversation for a long time. And let me tell you something. I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit. And you know what I did enjoy was that up until this point, there weren't any fourth wall breaking. And I was like, okay, I'm seeing the story as it's being laid out. No one's talking directly at me. 
I'm watching the story come together. And so then we're back in Lansing and Cookie and Magic are having a conversation. I think they're like at the shoe store. They're at the shoe store and they're just basically talking about like Magic and how full of himself he is and like how Cookie doesn't want any of that. So then now we jump, we were back in LA and there's like more jump cuts. Why? Like jump cuts are to me, tell me that like, we've been in this scene for so long that we have to like speed through because the character is like taking so long to like get the message across. So some of these jump cuts and these scenes don't really make any sense. It, it just disorients me. And it's like, you know, the people, I feel like they're jumping because they're like, there's some things that are just a little inconsistent about maybe a scene or something. Cause it just doesn't make any sense. If any of you know why they're jumping cuts in this way, please let me know. Hit me up at olavichola at gmail.com or on Instagram and my, my DMs are open. Just hit me up because I don't understand why these jump cuts are happening. And it's fucking me up. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Okay. And then there's uh, another scene that happens where the CFO or the accountant is like highly upset that her books were stolen. Turns out it was actually Dr. Bus's uncle who like took the books and didn't like tell anyone Except Jeannie. Jeannie knew. And Jeannie is Dr. Bus's daughter. Jeannie knew. And she's like, what do you mean? We don't need to call the police. My uncle has them. Well, the CFO freaks out. And she doesn't like being overrun by any single person in the club. Because they call the NBA or their team the club. I don't know what that means. If you do, again, let me know. So then we cut to Dr. Bus's office. Where, again, the accountant is coming in to his bar to have a talk about like the budget because right now part of the episode is Mr. West and the other part is like the budget. And so one of the things though that I noticed about the scene wasn't the conversation they were having. I couldn't stop staring at Dr. Buss's bar. It was absolutely gorgeous. It it's the one time that I actually like to see the brown wood in the background. Every other time I was like, get this. Why is everything so brown? Oh my goodness. It just made me so hot. And it made put me in a place of like non-digital. Like I can't remember a time where things aren't virtual and everything isn't accessible with like the drop of a thought. So, however, Dr. Buss's bar felt very like, you know, I don't want to say man cave, but like, you know, when you walk into someone's like 1970s, like house and the bar, the shelves are glass and the backsplash is all glass. And you're wondering like, how do they get this glass in this glass to like, just like stand like this? I remember as a kid, just like trying to figure out how they like, did they glue it? Did they mold it? How did they get these glass shelves to stand up against a glass wall? So he has all of these like liquors and like the, the, there's like a window right by the bar. So like the lighting is hitting the glass in such a way that creates like such like a luminescence, like rainbows and, and, and like the glass was like that nice tempered, like green grass or grass, glass, that green glass. Anyway, there's like gold burn, um, 
there was like gold, like little furnishings around the bar. It was very, I want to say it kind of reminded me of like a, like a underground speakeasy, if you will. Well, in this scene after the bar, he's talking to the CFO and the whole, the only thing I got from the scene was that Dr. Bus is trying to make some money moves with these sexless ass people. These people have no sex whatsoever. There's nothing sexy about what they bring to the game. Everything's like old and like brittle. And then we discover who Dr. Bus's mom is. And it's the one and only Miss Sally Fields as Dr. plays Dr. Bus's mom. And the way she like shows up in the scene is she's wearing like an orange tiger Versace a la dynasty like outfit with like big kind of, you know, 70s wavy hair, big hair, um, like Farrah Fawcett hair. She has these like huge ivory ball necklaces, which is like a bunch of just like Benoit balls as a necklace. I only saw butt plugs when I saw her necklace. <laughs> And then she had this long black with like a white mouthpiece, like Corella DeVille cigarette holder, if that makes sense. Let me tell you something. That is someone who I'd like to channel when I'm old and I ain't got nothing to lose. And I'm just smoking out of a long stick. So um, Sally Fields, Dr. Buss's mom, they're trying to figure out the books. And it turns out they're like three million under in the hole. I don't know where Dr. Buzz is going to get this money. And then we have baby girl Jeannie. She comes in to this meeting, which is the accountant, a couple of like assistants. And she's trying trying to add her two cents in. But she got bodied by the accountant. She was like, the accountant was like, um, we need some sugar, sugar. And little poor Jeannie with her great ideas literally had to just walk out of the scene. Was just booted out by big time CFO accountant lady. And I say that because I, I, I don't know her name still. It's I'm not that interested in her name. I just know how she treated my genie because we all know how the story ends out. And then, I don't know, we're like 40 minutes into the episode and finally Kareem Abdul shows up. And the only way that he shows up is again with boring as Jerry trying to get him, Kareem, to give magic a hard time and Kareem is like um just tell me when training is I, I'm, I'm not concerned with this like little play you're trying to do and mind you Jerry who's you know big time big time bigot <laughs> um Kareem saw right through that and he was like I'm not partnering up with you in anything you're my head coach and that's that's all you're gonna get from me is dedication on the floor but I'm not teaming up with you to go against magic. Now we have magic hooking up with this girl back in Lansing. And he's been hooking up with her throughout this time where him and Cookie haven't been together. Because they broke up in the last episode. Because Cookie was like, I don't want none of this Hollywood big time thing you're doing. Like, go do your own thing and just maybe call me later. But I don't want to be a part of it. So, um, so magic is out there just like doing his Sunday best hooking up with a girl right after church and then going back to the church to like eat with everyone as if nothing ever happened. Again, distracted. Magic is distracted. That's all I'm seeing. Magic is distracted or hearing or seeing. So now 
After that, we move into Dr. Bus and his Shangri-La-like restaurant. And this is where him and Red finally have dinner. They walk in and Dr. Bus is like showing him around, seeing him talking to his favorite piano guy, uh, talking to another patron, you know, as if he's like, a, you know, he's familiar. He's a regular at this restaurant. And, you know, everybody knows Dr. Bus. Everybody loves Dr. Bus. And obviously he's like trying to show off to Red. Like everybody loves me everywhere I go. Like if you want to make a deal with me, let's make a good deal. Don't play with me. So Red and Bus are talking at the Shangri-La restaurant. And they're discussing like a deal that that Dr. Bus is trying to make to like win. Because at this time, Dr. Bus thinks like he can just buy his way into winning and red is telling him that this isn't how the game works you don't just buy your way to win you just gotta fucking win you gotta come in and you gotta play and you gotta play hard and basically red tells dr bus that like the game really isn't for him if he wants to come in and buy his way through the game then he should really just sell the team and take his losses his sunken cost and move on because he doesn't have the heart for it. So moving on, we get to um, Mad. We're back in Lansing, and Magic is hooking up with this girl, and this is the same girl he hooked up with on like at, on church on Sunday. And the girl's t- basically telling him like, "Hey, I'm I got accepted into UCLA. I would love to hang out with you while I'm out in LA," and he's like oh yeah, for sure. I'm going to call you and I'm in LA too. (laughs) And obviously this is after he busts a nut on her, which is like, of course, of course, once he gets whatever he needs to get, everything else is like, oh, for sure. I'll call you. And so then there's this like really interesting scene where here comes magic, chasing Cookie. And he learns that Cookie and her boyfriend, Mr. Manager are on the basketball court there's like a bit there's like a pickup game and obviously magic needs to show up and all the dudes there are all like with their shirts off and their fros out or their little like curls out and they're all sweating and and i can just i can like feel being there it's like hot outside it's a pickup game everyone's like excited to play we're about to watch some like street ball and magic shows up and just dominates the entire court, which like, of course, which is just so arrogant. It's like not even fair because he's like talking to Mr. Manager, Cookie's boyfriend, and he's like, you know, basically like, you're never going to make her as happy as I will make her, which is so fucking ridiculous because it's like, just let the girl go. Leave her, leave her alone. She's made it very clear. She wants, she wants nothing to do with you. And you're sitting here chasing her and embarrassing Mr. Manager in front of all of his other friends. Your friends too. Like, why is that the last impression? But again, I, I have to remember, like, he's a young guy. He's like, you know, 18, 19 years old at this point. Um, one of my favorite clips in that scene was this um, guy who was had his shirt off. And he had this like jerry curl that reminded me of Pinky from Friday. I don't know if you guys remember Pinky from Friday, <laughs> but it was like this wet 
dry jerry curl with his shirt off and he was like just so cute just standing like looking at the game hot <laughs> if i find the clip i'll actually post it on the Insta on the instagram page i just thought that was my favorite scene of him just kind of standing around i just thought it was like such a weird clip but it was still pretty good i i, I enjoyed that clip so then we're back in the scene where this where the clown mr mr wes is fixing his trophy and at this point i realized this is such a west episode and i'm like why are we so focused on like jerry west like i'm i'm over him he's not really he's getting on my fucking nerves that's what that's what's happening right now and then finally the fourth wall gets broken with magic describing how he got the name magic which happened to be that a local writer in Lansing was describing how Magic was playing, and he thought, you know, if we're if you're going to be big, we gotta come up with a name for you. There's you can't say Irving Johnson. Then what's fun about Irving Johnson? You you gotta have to play. And there's like you know, Big E. There's um oh my god the other guy, Doctor J. You know what's what's it, what it, there's something about you. There's like a magic about you. And basically, that's where the term Magic Johnson came up. So he's basically describing how, where the magic name came from and how it came to be. And he's telling us this through the fourth wall, by breaking the fourth wall. Then we're back at the forum with Big Red and Bus. And they're basically, like, trying to, like, have it out between, like, will Bus just sell and move on? Does he have the heart for it? And Red is basically, like, testing him with his big lit cigar just coming out of his mouth. Ugh. Anyway, Bus also breaks the fourth wall at this point. So at this point, I think we're like 50 minutes in. Then they finally break the fourth wall. While Red is basically trying to cut ass with Bus, Bus is like, you know what? I'm going to stay in this fucking game. I'm going to wipe this floor with your ass. So then we're in this room. We're in the break room with Jeannie and the coffee... We're in the break room, Virginia, and she is she's like pretty kind of upset and like down and sad about whatever and looks like startled. And the accountant comes in and she's kind of like, you know, we need to talk. And, you know, Jeannie's kind of looking up and she's looking up at her in this room, this break room that looks, again, brown as hell. There's like a fountain, soda fountain machine behind her. And she's like stirring coffee. And the coffee, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, that coffee like looks like it came from an old Texaco off of like a Highway 95 on your way up to like New York from Georgia or on your way down from wherever. You're just like on the road and the coffee is like cold and reheated. Have you ever had like cold coffee that was reheated or hot coffee that was reheated? It's nasty. Anyway, it's very 80s. So now we have Bus coming back into the office room where everybody's like working, doing all their little typing, like tick, 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 tick. They're all just like typing away. And he gets on top of the table and he's having his Wolf of Wall Street moment where he's like, I need big ideas. I need everyone to be creative. I need everyone to just show me how great. No idea is a bad idea. And all I saw was shiny brown belt and tight ass jeans. Finally, the clown comes in and 
boss is like, you know, what we, what do we need? What, what do we want? How can we like grow? How can we expand? And the clown comes in and he goes, well, I know one thing that we can do to really change up the lake earth. Um, we got to get rid of one thing. And Buss is like, please don't tell me it's Magic Johnson. And the clown goes, no, 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 it's not Magic Johnson. And he goes, then who? And the clown goes, me. We got to get rid of me. And I've never agreed more with a man in my life than in that moment. And the clown finally exits. And here's the thing with Mr. Jerry West. Turns out he had a far greater executive career than he did as a player. As an executive, he, so, so let's get into his little career. Let's get into his career for a little bit, his executive career. So basically he quits head coaching in 79. Then he returns back in 82 as a general manager for the Lakers. He wins six rings there. Then he facilitates the trades that allow Kobe to come in and signs Phil Jackson and Shaquille O'Neal. Then from 2011 to 2017, he's Mr. Manager for Golden State. And then after that, he leaves Golden State after the 17, after the 16-17 season and goes to the Clippers as an executive board member. And in total, he has eight championships as an executive in Cali. So let me tell you something. The man ain't no clown. He's still a clown to me, but clearly he has the record and the wins. You can't make him a clown. Anyway. All right, guys. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. Feel free to hit me up at olavichola at gmail.com and olavichola on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.